0: It's the Perpetual Good Podcast with your host Kenneth Hopkins. Join us as we discover the good things that are happening all around us, and what we can do to bring even more good to our communities. Life is like a box of a chocolates. But what in my head? Donuts, boxes, go with the concept. Never know what you'll get Welcome back to the Perpetual Good Podcast. This is your host Kenneth Hopkins. And this week, we're going to be talking heroes in a couple of different ways. Now, heroes have really always dominated our landscape and our thinking. I mean, think about it. Who doesn't love a good hero? The world loves heroes from everybody from fictional heroes like Iron Man to real-life heroes like Captain Sully Sullenberger. Now, this week in America, we celebrate Veterans Day And it's to honor those who have served or are currently serving in the military. Now, honoring people and their sacrifice is always a good and a noble thing. And in this country, at least in America, it hasn't always been the case. We haven't always been kind to our veterans. Um, So honoring them on Veterans Day and every other day is, is definitely a good thing. However, there is another side to this whole concept of the heroic that sometimes we and actually a lot of times many times we will forget and that is that the people that we are branding as heroes that they're actually real people and they're real people in the midst of all of these stories now let's think back to the heart of uh, the pandemic and there were a couple of different narratives that popped up on social media and first there were people that were praising the medical workers, applauding them for their tireless efforts at at treating the patients and having to deal with uh, this very deadly disease. But then what started happening was just the opposite, that people started actually vilifying these same people. Now, their jobs never changed, the requirements never changed, but as people got tired of dealing with the pandemic they started seeing those people who were trying to maintain uh, the the health of as many people as possible as uh, almost being the enemy so uh, they started they actually started vilifying them and and yet rarely did anybody actually sit down with them and ask what it was like to be really forced to wear two to three times the protective garments that they would normally have to wear, uh, to work two and three shifts in order to maintain, or to try to deal with the fact that there were no beds available, and yet they still had patients that were coming in. Real people exist in the Capes. And it's important for us to get past the, the veneer and the facade and, and get into the real heart and soul of people. So today we're gonna to look at, at two different stories or two different groups of people. And then we're gonna finish it off with a confession of my own. As we look at the other side of the heroic, real stories of real people. So many tears evaporated from my cheekbones spitting
1: truth in the booth and the street When people say they want to buy you a beer, they th- thank you for your service, it makes me really uncomfortable. Because I don't know what service we did necessarily, you know? And it's almost like a weird um, compulsion on on civilians part,
0: you know. Now you know I love a good story, so allow me to elaborate a little bit. You know, when I was born my dad was stationed at Beale Air Force Base in Marysville, California. And I grew up with a love of fighter jets and spy planes. The, uh, the F-14 Tomcat and the SR-71 are still my favorite planes. Now, personally, I came close to enlisting a couple of times, but it never actually worked out for me. But my youngest son, Josh, however, he did enlist and he served faithfully in the Army National Guard. So I'm, the, I'm, a, I'm an army brat, and I'm also the father of a military man. And as the father of a military man, I know full well the weight of sacrifice that comes with enlisting. And when Josh told me, I had to trust him that he was doing the right thing when he, uh, when he enlisted, and also when he told me that he was uh, preparing to deploy, um, I really had to trust him in that and 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 know that even though those deployments were canceled, I still carried with me that reality of that commitment and what it could have cost him and the rest of our family. So all, I say all of that to say this, when I see service people, I become one of the first people to get in their face, and thank them for their service. Now, each time I have done this, the soldiers that I have done this to, they're very, I guess the word would be accommodating. And and I say accommodating because in a situation like that, you can't be anything but. You can't reject the appreciation. You can't make a scene. You can't uh, go off on the people saying, you don't know what I've been through. Um, and the people that are around really have the same view of you as, as the person who has given you praise in the eyes of the people around you're a hero, but when you get behind that shield, behind that Cape, you find that not every soldier really wants or welcomes that praise.
1: It's probably, um, one of my least favorite things, um, Anybody could say to me um, is thanking me for my service. Because um, personally, I don't think I did anything uh, good or right while on deployment. Um, I think if folks really knew um, some of the things that they were thanking me for or other people for, um, they would be, you know, disgusted. Um, I think the whole thanking, uh, you know, soldiers for their service is another way that our government kind of puts veterans on this pedestal where, you know, they want us to be looked at as heroes and they want society to think that way. And it's, you know, the best way to do it is just thank a veteran for a service and that person feels good about their day.
0: There are times when we as people feel the need to connect with individuals, to really in some way identify with them and to encourage them in their situation too many times. However, that that connection comes off well-intentioned, but also very wrong. Here's an example. Um, When my sister passed, there were very kind and well-intentioned people that actually told me that she was in a better place or, that God saw what was ahead and decided that this was better. This was right on the heels of my sister passing. Now these people weren't trying to be mean. They weren't trying to. Um, uh, they weren't trying to do anything bad. But something happens when, when situations come up. There's there's something very uncomfortable about. Sit either sitting in the silence or admitting that you really have no idea of what it means to be that person in that situation. And so what do we do? We, we, we blurt out things that we think are going to be uh, accepted and comforting. And yet, in those situations, it, it's not always the case. So now, it just you know, thinking about it, now when I see a soldier, I realize that I really don't know what to say. I, I was even surprised, this d- happened just recently, that I saw a person uh, in camo, and my, my mind immediately thought, oh, they're Army, only to find out that they were actually Navy. And I was thinking, I didn't know that Navy people wore camo. That's how little I know about military service. So I personally don't know what it means to serve. I don't know what it means to deploy. I, I don't know the experience of those who serve and how they feel about their duty. And I know that not everybody has the same experience and has the same feeling. Regardless of how many times people may enlist, that doesn't tell you what they're feeling in the moment. So, what can we do? I think the thing to remember is to just be a person, be respectful uh, to uh, someone in the military. If you don't know what to say or uh, you feel awkward in a situation, um, ask them about themselves. Ask them where they served. Um, try to have a real conversation with them instead of... Uh, because now it's just easy to say thank you. You don't have to hear about anything else. Uh, you can continue believing what you want to believe, and we all get to uh, continue living happily in our own bubbles and, and feeling good about you know things that we did. but. It's not always like that, I guess. Soldiers are more than heroes. They are people with families and dreams and desires. There are neighbors whose kids go to the school down the street and whose dogs bark a little too much. There are also people who have had experiences, most of which we will never understand. When I was in college... I would often visit some neighbors who were down the street from the uh, from the housing where I was uh, where I was staying, and these guys, a couple of old guys, they were born at the turn of the century, early nineteen hundreds, in the state of Iowa. Now these were the nicest guys. I would go over there almost every day. It started because we started waving to each other, and then I would just go over and start talking to them. But at one point in one of our conversations, they were talking about uh, a guy that they knew. And they stopped and they asked me what was appropriate to call people of African descent. And personally, I appreciated that they asked and they didn't assume. They said that they only knew what they had grown up with. And so we, we answered that question and went on with the conversation. But the fact that they asked gave us an opportunity for our friendship to actually deepen. Similarly, as those soldiers that we've heard said, taking the time to get to know them even to ask about their service, ask about where they've been deployed or what their experience was, would do so much more than just showing throwing out a simple thanks. Not only will it do something for them, but it will also help us to appreciate the depth of the service that they are giving.
1: are not able to treat our
0: patients we are seeing patients dying now on the complete opposite side of the story of the soldiers is a story of the people who are impacted by war and this is one of the reasons why some of the soldiers may feel the way that they do now this particular uh story um and we're only going to talk briefly about it but this is about a conflict in the Tigray region of Ethiopia, uh, northern Ethiopia. This area has actually been ravaged by a civil war for the past two years. Now, according to the UN, over 5 million people have been negatively impacted. Actually, everybody in the region has been impacted, but five million people have been impacted either by food shortages or by uh, medicine shortages. Um, Because as part of this conflict, what some of those who are fighting have done is they've blocked all of the supplies going in and out of the region. Almost every kind of medicine that's required for treatment of
1: patients has not come to the hospital. We are no longer professionals who treat patients, but we tell bad news. The bad news is you have this this illness, but um, sorry, uh, we cannot, uh, we are sorry we cannot treat you.
0: So people are trying to win this war, but at what cost? Now... There is a doctor who has been uh, serving in that area, Dr. Fasiga Amdeslasi. He's been serving in that area. And the hard part for him is as he tries to do what his profession would allow him to do, and that is to treat people and to to make them better, he's been faced with actually having no medicine on the shelves. So he can't treat people he can't uh he can't bandage people up and he can't deal with any of the diseases or problems that are presenting themselves because of this conflict so people will come in and he says on the one hand i can tell you what's going on i can tell you that you have this disease or you have this problem but the bad news is i can't do anything for you and so i'm going to have to send you home these are the other sides of the stories that we don't we don't hear enough about the sides where soldiers don't come home because they've given their life for the service of their of their country i i was walking the dogs this morning and i saw on somebody's car. Uh, Just a, a little sticker that said, for those I love, I gave my life. And there's a story there. There's a heroic story there, but there's also a deep, deep wound that exists that only the family knows. As we're talking about real stories with real people, I'm going to tell my own story. Now, this story doesn't involve a soldier. Maybe it does, actually. I don't know. This past weekend, I was at Lowe's. I was picking up some picking up some items. When I got back to my car, I was approached by a man in need. He asked if I had anything to help, and and then he began to tell his story. It was kind of really softly, but it it appeared at least to me that he was telling his story in order to justify his asking like he, he's not like any other you know any other person in need at least that's that's the way it seemed again i, I don't know because as soon as he asked i pulled out my wallet and i was prepared to give him what i had my first failure my actions, and this is this is to me. this is my mirror in front of my face, but my actions showed that my ability to give him something was more important than the reality of his situation. I, I didn't allow him to be human. I only allowed him to be an object, just like I've done with soldiers. they they were the object of my Uh, of my appreciation, but in this point, he was the object of my gift. I asked him his name, and, and that was my means of connecting with him, but I didn't ask him anything else. So I gave him the money, and he left. And then I loaded my car, and I left. I ended up seeing him again. Um, as I was driving out, I ended up at the light when he was, uh, when he was crossing the street. And so obviously he, he saw me in my car and he waved and I waved and he walked on, but I never offered him a ride. I never did anything more. My second failure. I could have you know, felt good about my ability to help out a person in need. But in reality, I deprived myself of connecting with a real human being. So as we focus here on perpetuating good, on being good for our communities, on being good for the people around us, my challenge to you and to me is to be brave enough to go deeper, to be willing to sit in the uncomfortableness of our lack of understanding and connect, not with heroes, but with real people. I'm not saying that we don't appreciate the... Uh, The people who sacrifice and some sacrifice all to protect freedoms in this country and in other countries. But what I'm saying is that when we go about our way to appreciate them, that we're not just looking at a uniform and saying, oh, thank you for your service, but that we actually connect with Patricia or to Michael, or to Ahmed, or to whoever is in that uniform. And if we are going to appreciate them, then allow them to determine how they want to be appreciated. Be willing to ask them the questions that you don't know. If you're going to buy them a cup of coffee, buy them that coffee, but sit down with them and and see if you can, so that you can understand a little bit more of their life. Because that will honor them in a way that shows them that they really do matter, that they are real people, and that their uh, their lives and their stories deserve to be told. So I want to thank you for sticking with me for for this edition of the Perpetual Good podcast. And and I hope that this uh, inspires you to be able to connect with the people around you and in your community. Um, Make sure that you're following the podcast and stay tuned for uh, some of the other uh, episodes that are coming up. And make sure that you tell other people about it. The theme music for the Perpetual Good podcast is Wild and Windy by Bled John. Additional music, Hard to Express, also by Bled John, and Soaring Above the Waves by Rollup Music. The interviews with the soldiers are from the Meat Grinder documentary available on YouTube. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next week on the Perpetual Good podcast.